Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Primate Cast. We're your hosts, Andrew McIntosh. And Chris Martin. And uh, today we're going to be having a nice conversation with Dr. Tomoaki Nishihara. Well, you will be having a nice conversation. That's right. I will be having a nice conversation with him, and we'll be joined here by uh, Dr. David Hill, who's another faculty at SciCasp here. That's right. I was out of town for this interview, unfortunately. You were. I believe you were probably in Africa at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Eating your popcorn and snake. Yep. And coincidentally... Coincidentally, we will be talking about Africa, not West Africa specifically, mostly Central Africa, but also West African primates as well. Now, Dr. Nishihara has been working for the Wildlife Conservation Society for a number of years. Um, He's a PhD graduate of Kyoto University in the Laboratory Mm -hmm. of Human Evolution Studies. And um, this kind of links back into our last podcast with Dr. Cricket Sands as well, because they've worked in similar areas. I know um, Dr. Nishihara has also worked at or with people working at the Gualogo Triangle, which we discussed last week in, in more detail on the research end specifically with cricket, uh, but also a number of other areas in Central Africa. And uh, not just with the primates there, but also with, with other animals and ecosystems in general. And it's very relevant right now because Central African Republic has recently been experiencing, uh, along with its uh, political unrest, this influx of poachers, illegal, illegal poaching obviously, into um, the, I believe it's the Dzanga and Doki National Park, and uh, many elephants that typically come to these, they're called bys areas, uh, kind of natural clearings in the forest where the elephants will congregate. And it's not just elephants, right? A lot of animals. Exactly. Gorillas often go there. I mean, a lot of animals yeah, congregate there for the uh, things like minerals that are left in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the situation is getting better, but, but through Dr. Nishihara's uh, interview, you'll get a kind of a sense of the things that he's been dealing with. And he's been in this area through the worst of times as well. So That's right. He talks a little bit during the interview of the, um, I guess it was in the late 90s, 1997, maybe the onset of the Republic of Congo Civil War there. And he was kind of stuck and he had students stuck. And, and he was asked to stay. He was asked to stay, he toughed it out. and By the uh, conservation society that he worked for. That's right. So he's had an interesting history. And uh, so we're going to be talking about conservation in Central Africa um, from gorillas to forest elephants, a little bit about the war, as we just mentioned, and also his experiences working in a few different countries and maybe some of the, the differences that he would have experienced there. Um, the rise of ecotourism in the area and its kind of benefits and, and cons as well that can go along with it, such as disease transmission and things. He'll also talk a little bit about his translation of a book about forest elephants. And this was kind of dear to his heart because as he was coming out with this translated translated copy, uh, he was very adamant that, especially in Japan, people need to kind of wake up to the fact that Japan is one of the only countries, or perhaps the only country, driving the forest elephant illegal ivory trade. Uh, and so he really wanted to get that message out. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we should get right into the interview. Okay. So here's David and myself with Dr. Tomaki Nishihara. I guess maybe we should start with, so how did you get started with WCS? Um, you know, originally I was a Japanese student from Kyoto University, but um, when I, fin- I finished my PhD, um, just eventually WCS project to the same site, and then just it was an option um, whether I'm going to get a job in the Japanese university or continue staying in the field mm-hmm. with WCS. So I just got a latter option. So where were you working during your PhD? During the PhD, it's just in Republic of Congo, in Wagarendoki National Park. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
And you were working in Kyoto University, the uh, Laboratory of Human Evolution Studies, correct? Correct. So you came out of the School of Primatology, but then obviously when you start working in conservation, yes. you can't only focus on you know, single species, even uh, no, just as charismatic as they could be. Gen generalist. Yes. That's right. So yeah. how important then is that in your activities to be very broad spectrum like that? Because what I found um, in my long-term field, um, staying in the forest, um, yeah, of course, originally I was interested in apes because they are close to human beings to, to find out human evolution mm -hmm. theory. But the forest is composed of with the various species, not only apes, but also other mammals and insects and mushrooms and <laughs> everything. Um, that's right. That's a total ecosystem that where we have to conserve. And so how did you find that transition from being a researcher into being a, a conservation worker dedicated? Okay. Um, one thing is uh, the my previous boss, he's American, Mike Fay. Um, so he mentioned to me, you are Japanese. Because of your guys, forest elephants going to be the, the disappear wow. because of poaching. So you should do something. Yeah, of course, I, 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 I was aware of that Japanese using ivory, but I never know the, the links between forest elephant ivory and the Japanese people. Um, so that that one, one of the things I started to learn what what and how Japanese people going to mm. ivory. Um, so I, up to now, I, I'm I'm still only one Japanese who, who is working for conservation in the Central Africa areas for for many years. So mm. I I have to do something as a a Japanese to to make a exchange information between Africa and Japan. So as, as a researcher in the beginning, how do you see the continued role of research in the conservation activities that you're involved in? Yes, um, still, you know, we need a scientific research because um, uh, we need a scientific information about mammals distribution and density and the conservation status. You know, we, we can't say anything with just with emotion. You know. mm because gorillas are pretty, because <laughs> whales are intelligent, you know, we have to, that, that is not, you know, the way how to explain people right. about conservation. So still we need a um, good scientific research. So does WCS <laughs> um, directly support scientific research? Yes, um, actually most of our staff originated from scientists, um, even, even now they are managers. So. Our principal role is a uh, scientific research, and then apply to conservation. So, just backtracking a little bit, um, you mentioned during your talk that I believe it was in 1997 when you were actually in Congo during the civil war. So, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, the, when the war started, you know, people said this war is not really big, big issues. You know, you can stay in Brazzaville and you can go back, go back to the forest. But actually, the, the war. They started um, so crazy, and then, and then I was uh, with the uh, WCS people, those uh, these uh, American. But it was interesting to see how the French military going to evacuate people. You know, French people is a priority. Yes, American, Japanese, later. <laughs> but luckily, we had uh, the last evacuate airplane um, to to go to Gabon. But. Unfortunately, at that time, uh, I left my Congolese student in the forest, so I needed to go back to, to Nobarendoki somehow. 
Mm-hmm. But Japanese embassy people in Gabon said, you can't go there.、Mm-hmm. But I refused. Sorry, I have to go back. And then, so through Cameroon,、um, I went back to Nova Lendoki to first to pick up a Congolese student to, to get him back to his family areas. And then, Mike Fay, my previous boss, decided.、Um, I should stay in the base camp、wow. alone. And all other white people, experts, and researchers already evacuated. I don't know why Mike Fay told me that, but I said, no problem.、Um, because we knew that if nobody there, you know, military people coming、um, to, to break down base camp and、uh, store, steal all food and fuel and beers, and,、right. and they are going to the forest in the international park to kill animals.、Um, yeah. So somebody should stay. So actually, I, I stayed there more than six months with the、uh, Congolese responsible. And then sometime military came. But they were so kind.、Um, okay. As soon as I started speaking local language,、oh. uh, they were happy about that. So they forget about you know,、um, chasing, chasing me. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't it frightening though before just sort of waiting? No, they, they are not frightening me. They explained to me, you know, we were here to protect you. Oh, I see. So,、oh, wow. yeah. And then, yeah, of course, they asked money, you know, to pay. So, but、sure. we, we, we agreed, you know, no problem, we can pay.、Um, so, actually, some military stayed with us.、Um, uh, it was not comfortable, but yeah, there was no way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I imagine it could be a lot worse. It's a very interesting story. So, and then after that, maybe a few years later, you started to move. So, you left the Congo、yes. for WCS in Gabon. Yeah. Because、um, the same、uh, boss, Mike Way, started、um, another project called Mega Transit,、uh, walking through the forest from northern Congo to Gabonese coast、right. to find out the, the intact place of both countries. So, I wanted to participate. In the project, but not working with him just to support him、um, logistics and coordinate with the National Geographic team because National Geographic funding this project. I、uh, see. So, so that's why both of us moved to Gabon. And then later we created WCS Gabon. WCS Gabon never existed. And at the same time, Mike Ray himself pushed the Gabonese president. To create national parks, and then President decided 13 new national parks,、wow. which is more than 10% of Gabonese land size. But so now you're back in the Congo. So, can、yeah. you talk a little bit about how? I mean, was, was it very distinct experiences for you to be in the two different countries? And- yes,、um, Gabon is a, actually quite difficult country to work、uh, with people,、uh, including government people. They are so bureaucratic, so things never forward. Even local people, they don't want to go to the forest. So it's difficult to, to arrange a mission,、mm-hmm. any research mission or conservation mission.、Um, and then, but, but I wanted to continue the conservation in, in Gabon because we, we were the person to push the president to create a national park. And then we, we, I, I, I didn't want to lose national parks. But eventually, <clears throat> three years ago, the WSS Congo. Called me back, please come back to Congo because. <laughs> and then, what I found in Congo, most of the WS Congo project just went down. Just a 
poor management by the other experts or you know corruption started from the government people and lots of human human population etc and a lot of exploitation activities so yeah so three years ago what i tried to do is uh, how to bring back the project the as it was um but still uh we we have a lot of challenge to against corruptions mm. um exploitation activities illegal activities so how many people does wcs currently employ in congo <clears throat> Um, I think less than 10 experts and then between 200-300 local staff. Well, it's a big operation. Then. Yes, because we have seven or eight different projects. And how do you generally get along with, um, I mean, not only the local people in the areas which you're trying to protect, but also the, some of the organizations that are trying to exploit the areas? Uh-huh. You know, just dialogue. We have to continue dialogue with different um, local populations because they have a different you know vision and uh, traditions um so that's a pain but <laughs> we have to continue it's a long-term issues and then try to you know much more sustainable stable um, status conservation you talked a little bit about this in your talk um earlier but the difficulty uh, that it, it must uh, sorry, the difficulties in trying to get, say, people from the local logging organizations to comply with some of the measures that you guys have set up. So the example you gave was when they have to go to the bathroom and the toilet to dig like a giant hole <laughs> and then have to, to bury yeah. it. But this yeah. is completely yeah. absurd from a, a local person's perspective. Right? Yes, but, so. but we have to teach them. But this is this is a way how, how we can save ape, apes, for instance, because apes are obviously close to human beings mm-hmm. otherwise may, maybe they are going to die just because of a human presence um, even I'm talking about ecotourism you know we have to keep the minimum persons who can visit the gorillas mm-hmm. and the distance um, and the, with masks yeah. so I, I want to get back to the ecotourism in a second yeah. but what kind of a, a reception do you get <coughs> when you tell people that they need to to behave in these ways to really protect the animals in the forest? No, we, we, we just explained that all tourists, uh, once they get to the base camp, you know, this is an obligation. Mm-hmm. If they, they don't want, please go back to your home. Yeah, it's a very good point. So uh, And then we requested, you know, doing some vaccinations before yeah. coming to the National Park. If they don't have proof, sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's right, no gorillas. Yeah. And so how do you see um, the development, I mean, future development of ecotourism projects within the context of conservation? Because it is a trade-off. But um, I don't think ecotourism can develop like, you know, Kenya or South Africa because it's a tropical forest. We have always, always limited access and a limited number of tourists who can get in the forest um, because no, not in savannah. So, yeah, of course, we, we can get some revenue from tourism to contribute to conservation, but it, it should have a limit. Um, and then so that's why for the government people, you know, more exploitation activities, either timber or minerals and petrol, that are more attractive to get you know, money. 
And does um, WCS run the ecotourism itself, or does it um, sort of assist other people to set up? Yes, um, by by ourselves, but still it's a pilot stage. And then, of course, we are not professional, so we want to make a transition to the professional ecotourism operator, maybe in the next few years. Mm. Yeah. And so you talked also about um, the development of some some of the projects that you're involved with. So you mentioned, I think, four four different sites. Yeah. Um, I think. So can you talk a little bit about each of those just briefly, maybe? Okay. Um, actually, I, I, I'm not um, working inside, but I'm just coordinating sure. from all the projects. Um, so very by study, including that also tourism, just observing um, elephants and gorillas and buffaloes from the platform, fixed platforms. Um, so this is simply contributing protection of the buy. And it's easy to observe animals in terms of research, even for the tourism. So that, um, and with a long-term study, we can find out life history of gorillas, for instance. And the Mondika project, uh, we just continued um, habituated gorillas to following um, their daily activities for research and also ecotourism, who, who wants to see Western Roland gorillas. Mondika is a the, the best site um, in the Central African areas where we can see gorillas directly. And the Guarogo project is uh, uh, mainly chimpanzees that are very naive. So they succeeded to habituate um, many chimps over there. So they can continue um, the scientific research following their activities. Uh, no tourism over there um, up to now, but uh, they are going to evaluate impact from the logging activities because surrounding rural areas logging activities happen, happen so they mm. they are going to find out what kind of impact coming you made a really nice anecdote during your presentation about the chimpanzees there yeah that when people or i guess maybe you guys uh, or the researchers arrived yeah. the chimpanzees acted with such yeah. curiosity towards exactly the researchers. exactly so they were completely naive basically yeah, yeah. So do you see then any problems, um, potential problems in the future of continuing these new habituation projects? Yes, still um, it's difficult to say, but I, I would say we have a risk if we continue making new habituated groups, groups because who knows, maybe in the next few years we have another civil war mm-hmm. and, then, and then who are going to protect the park? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm staying again, <laughs> or or you know something wrong happened. You know, one day government government decide, okay, we we forget about the park, mm. and they are going to explore something. And then if they many 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 apes are habituated, easy to kill them, um, even the disease transition transmission. Mm-hmm. So do you think that? Um actually uh, influencing the markets for rainforest products is is likely to be the most effective um, way of saving them in the long run? Or do you think that uh, work on the ground, trying to reduce the bushmeat trade and trying to reduce local exploitation is more important? Um, First, maybe population growth control um, somehow. it's not only natural um, growth, but also human immigration for exploitation activities, etc. And the second is uh, um, maybe we can try to reduce 
the demand, international demand for tropical timber, for instance. But it, it's also very, very difficult, big challenge. But still we can request each logging companies to get, you know, FSC certificate um, mm -hmm. to minimize impact for the wildlife and the general environmental issues. That, I think that's the only way. And then maybe they can contribute to conservation project either through, through finance or, or any conservation operation. Yeah. Okay, so two final points that you might want to discuss a little bit. The first is your book. Can you tell us about that? Okay. Um, so recently I finished the publish uh, one book about forest elephant um, translated from English to into Japanese because I wanted to um, show about forest elephant to Japanese people. Uh, the biggest reason is that uh, Japanese is the only nation in the world who are going to use, specifically using forest elephant ivory. Um, mm -hmm. So they should, un Japanese people should understand what is the link between the our Japanese ivory use and forest elephant poaching and ivory illegal ivory trade. So that, so that will be in the in the in the bookshop soon and also Amazon website. Okay, so can you tell us the, the name of the book? Okay, English title is a Hidden Giant, um, and then Japanese title is a Shirarezaru Morinozo. Okay. And the second thing was um, Enios. Yes. So Enios is uh, the, the Japanese biggest oil company. And then they have a character, which is a gorilla. So, they, <laughs> so they, they, they wanted to contribute something for gorilla conservation. So they chosen two projects. One project in the Eastern Lowland Gorillas, that managed by Yamagiwa-san. And then second project to our project, because I'm also Japanese. Mm -hmm. uh, Western Lowland Conservation. So, specifically to Monica Project for Habituated Gorillas uh, Tourism Development and Research. Dr. Nishihara, thank yes. you very much for joining us on the Primate Cast. Thank you very much. It was yes, a pleasure to you. speak with you. Thanks very much. David, it was a pleasure to co-host with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. <laughs> well, you're more than welcome anytime. Okay. You have been listening to the Primate Cast, a podcast series dedicated to the study and conservation of primates around the world. Brought to you by the Centre for International Collaboration and Advanced Studies in Primatology of the Primate Research Institute of Kyoto University. Visit us online at www.cicasp.pri.kyoto-u.ac.jp forward slash news forward slash podcasts and follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the primatecast and on Twitter at the Primate Cast.